But that's that mentoring experience. And that's what podcasts and that's what we hope our podcast become for people is an opportunity to to almost like a masterclass situation. Because uh, there are teachers out there who, who are rock starring, uh, who understand what it takes to do what we do. But nobody knows who they are. Nobody's heard their voice. No one's, no one's, you know, there's not a camera in every teacher's room capturing all these moments and, and putting them in a file. And you may have never experienced it, and then you may listen to it on a podcast, and then all of a sudden you experience it, and it's like, oh, I remember them saying, okay, this is how you, okay, got it. And even though it may be like, no, nah, I can't do that, but it gives me an idea. It sparks an idea in my mind of what I can do. Everybody, welcome back to Value Adds Value. My name's Kyle Krieger, and this is a new series in the podcast, which is called the ABCs of Inspired Teaching, um, where we highlight some of the words that we believe are important to being an inspired educator. And we start to share the process of what we've been going through to write uh, our book of the same title that we hope to have out to you this spring, around spring break time. So. This concept came from Will and I just um, kicking around the ideas for a book that we wanted to write. Um, and, and we settled on this idea of inspired teaching. And we both, both have this mutual love of vocabulary and really getting down to the root word and the meaning of words. So this episode that we just shared um, is what we used as a brainstorm to start writing our book. So we're sharing this initial conversation uh, with you, and then we're going to come back, you know, and talk to you about what um, we're thinking now, because this original conversation was recorded before COVID, so going on two years ago. And we want to share the process and what we've learned. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. And please... Be sure to share it, like it, follow, and let us know how we can support you. So find us online at value adds value as well as at its.will.law.iii and at its Kyle Creep. So hope you enjoy this first episode of the ABCs of Inspired Teaching. But yeah, so looking at authenticity, believability, and connect. When you think about this, authenticity. How do you know when you're being authentic? I think I know when I'm being authentic because I enjoy my job more during that time than any other time. I think that's one of the, the markers for me is when I'm being my most authentic, I enjoy my job more than I do when, at, you know, at any other time. Like, those moments where you're truly your most authentic are the moments that I enjoy most because you're connected with the kids as closely as you can get. The interactions are genuine. And, and not just in the classroom. I want to be around people who let me be authentic all the time. I, wanna, I don't, I don't want to just teach in authenticity. I want to live in authenticity. But 
if I'm going to live in authenticity, you know, I have to teach in the authenticity as well. And I think for me, those are the most enjoyable times that I have. And I think because they're so enjoyable, they're the most effective times I have as well. So <clears throat> you said a mouthful with that. I want to be around people who allow me, who just simply let me be me. Mm -hmm. Let me be my purest form. Don't try to make me anything else. Don't try to make me what you need me to be at this moment. Let me be me and understand that in me being me, I'm going to bring something. But also in me being me, I'm going to need something. So don't be offended by what I bring and don't be offended about what I need or don't, be, don't judge me based on what I need. Don't be offended when I come and I'm me and don't judge me when I need, when I'm being me. You know what I'm saying? It's that, it's that wonderful spot to be in where it's like, give you an example. Yesterday, we, our, our PDs this year, our campus have been amazing. Um, and I think it's in part because normally you go to a PD, you sit around the people that you know, usually by departments or usually by, you know, long-term friendships or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's, you're going to gravitate automatically to people you know, you know, we've had three different PDs this year, all three PDs. I sat with a different group of people. So I've got to interact with seven or eight different teachers on three different occasions <clears throat> that I normally probably would have, I know I would have never because our school is so spread out. <clears throat> and I think when you're in those situations, they finally grouped me and one of them, our athletic director, uh, Coach Butler together. I say, I think they kept us apart on reason for a reason because we're almost identical in how we deal with things. You know, like he, we think the same way. And so, and then they put us with the cheer coach. Then they put us with another uh, young teacher who's, she was a sorority leader. So she has that kind of crazy energy. Um, then we have another teacher who's new, but very outgoing. He's tattooed all the way across his torso, his, his arms and everything. Like he's tatted up. <clears throat> so we all have this energy. Dude, when I tell you our table was like firing off on all cylinders, to where everything got accomplished. It was amazing. I, I, I got pictures of, of us working together and clowning. It was a great time. But um, I said that to say this, when you're around people who almost approach you as saying, I don't really have an expectation of what I want you to be. I'm just happy you're here. And I'm happy that I have an opportunity to connect with you because I never would. I will never meet you again. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not going to go somewhere else and meet another Kyle Krieger. Mm. Our coming together, I, I will never meet another. I've met the Kyle Krieger that I need to meet. I, I've met that guy, and, and I've, I've, I've grown to love that guy. And that in that we allow each other to be ourselves without the judgment, but it's also with the push. Because when you see someone, oftentimes we see people for who they really are when sometimes they don't see it. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you keep seeing it, you're like, man, I, I see these sparks of greatness. I, I see these sparks that it just, in my belief is that I just don't think anybody wants to be average. I don't think any, waking up, we're average already. Just getting up in the morning, we're just like everybody else on the planet we, that woke up. That's average. But who you are as your individual person, there's a greatness inside of everyone that I don't care what you want to be great at, you want to be great at it. You know, even if you say I'm a knucklehead and I want to go out here and sell drugs, guess what? You'll be the be your goal should be to be the best drug dealer. Okay, I'm gonna just be a mediocre drug dealer. No, I'm gonna take risk on my life, my freedom, and I don't want to be great. Yeah. That's something in your mind saying, I want to be great. When you walk into your classroom, your attitude is, oh, God. Most people, they tell you, don't like their job. So you just made yourself average. So just shifting your attitude and walking in to a room and be like, hey, you know what? I have a job I love. Get to do what I love to do, help and enrich others' lives. You know what? Let's go get it. That's put you in a different class. <laughs> and then when you start combining work ethic with that, when you start talking about your due diligence for development, you know, when you start talking about um, focusing in on, on strengthening you, because once you see who you are, then the whole thing is trim, your, trim you down to its core. Take away all that other stuff and trim yourself down to the core. And once you get down to your core, now that's you. That's you, and that's who you present to the world. That's that, who you present. You know, and, and the thing, and I've been thinking for a while, it was some kind of phrase that I had in my head is, I mean, you, you being, and you know, you being teachers, you know, you're the thing that your kids are missing. And you've said this before, you, this is the only chance your kids are going to have with you and at that moment you are something that they don't have otherwise mm. and and there are moments where you know you you literally could be the one missing link in a kid's life you could be that one thing that one piece and and i think with authenticity for me if you're going to be that one missing piece in a kid's life, it isn't going to be because you upside down talk. And it isn't going to be because, you know, we did model UN or whatever it might be. It's going to be because of the person that we are and how we showed up. And I think it comes back to this point that we've made a ton of times before. Is there anything more important we can teach kids than who you are matters? and who you really are matters. So if I go into a classroom and I'm not being 100% who I am, whether kids like it or not, they don't have to like you. But they respect the fact that you are who you are. And you know, like I said, I'm, I'm back to a point where like, I remember you telling me once when I was teaching with you in sixth grade when I first started, like you have to build that relationship before you can really chew a kid. 
And now I'm getting to the point <clears throat> now where I can kind of be like, I can kind of chew on some kids because they say stuff that I, you know, but you have that relationship. And I saw um, one of the ESPN guys, um, his name's Emmanuel Aucho. He's on that, that morning show, Get Up with Mike Greenberg. He was talking about how the GM for the Jaguars had, you know, got fired Coughlin. And he was saying rules without relationships lead to, lead to rebellion. Because he was, he was talking about how over the course of the year, something crazy like 70% of the fines that had been leveled in the NFL came out of Jacksonville. Wow. And, you know, you had seen several players over the last couple of years from Jacksonville that were like their top flight players run their way out of town. But, I mean, to, to that point, especially on authenticity, like, there's nothing more important that we can teach kids to be authentic. And, and you know, the thing is, <laughs> we make it sound easy, but it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. It's a real challenge. And it's not just a challenge for our kids. It's a challenge for us. Well, you know, when I was a worship leader, I used to tell um, – I used to tell the uh, the worship team, we can't expect to lead the people to a place that we haven't gone yet, either physically. Hold on, hold on. Can't lead somewhere. Leave. not been all right awesome yep. we haven't been but it's, it's when we haven't been either physically been there and we know the journey so we come back with the we come back with the report now i can lead you to where we're supposed to go as i said you can't if you can't leave there um you haven't been there physically or you haven't been there mentally meaning that you've gotten a vision and you see where you're supposed to go. So now I'm going to lead you to this place. Or I haven't gone there spiritually. I've ascended into this place. Now I can come back here and grab you and take you back with me. So those three components are so key. Because I can't teach a kid that who you are matters when I still feel like I'm irrelevant when I still harbor high school and elementary school insecurities about who I am, when I have still have irrational and sometimes reckless and dangerous habits that shield and hide that vulnerable core of who I really am. I have to strip away all of that. You know, we talked about that sharpening of the knives, uh, um, uh, uh, um, analogy that you can't you don't sharpen a knife by adding more metal to it you don't solder more metal onto a knife and then think you're going to file it down and sharpen it <clears throat> you'll actually weaken the, the blade because all that you put on top is not original it's preventing what, what, what's underneath 
So even when a knife gets dull, all you're doing is shaving off parts of that knife so that... It doesn't have to be a lot. It's not a lot of it. It's not a lot. If you look at what comes out, they're shavings. You like so so minute that you can't even like see them. If you spread them out, you won't see them. You only see them when they're collected. They're easy to see when they're collected, but when you spread them out, no. Compared to what you're doing in the most length of the blade, very small, very minute. And the better your <laughs> this is funny, the better your sharpening tool the less you shave off. So like if you're sharpening with a, a rock out in the forest versus, you know, you've got a nice, I mean, I'm sure your butcher block's got a nice steel on it. Mm-hmm. And you just, and you, it don't take but about 10 seconds. And you're done. And you're ready to go back to work. So, so I think that when we're thinking about this off, being your most authentic self. Um, and, and I mean, and again, preparing for any profession, preparing for any career, be who you are. Present your unique gifts, your unique talents, your, your unique self to the world. And when you present your next self, your, your true self to the world, what happens then is, the world will make space for you. Can I ask you a follow-up question and mm-hmm. that I think is related and I think would be a question that we get from teachers or teachers are asked. Do you, what, what impact do you think the educational system has on teacher authenticity? Is it adding to it? Is it taking it away? Is it stifling it? Or is it just neutral? You're talking about the system, the educational system as a whole? Yes, and and the system in a school, all the all the things that a teacher has to do. I mean, in in my mind, it can be challenging to be authentic in a system that requires you to check so many boxes. And I'm wondering if you feel like that's true, or if maybe I'm a little bit off base. I think it's very possible to remain authentic and check boxes if checking boxes is not your focus. I think if you're doing something just to check a box, there's a problem. But I feel that if you go into your room with a mindset that I'm going to do my very best to educate these kids, use best practices, use research-based best practices, um, and deliver it in a way that, that's equitable, to all students, then you should be able to take any teaching matrix and walk into any classroom, and that's what you see. You, I don't have to worry about checking the boxes if I'm doing my job. My heart serves a purpose right now. You could say it has a checklist. My heart has a checklist right now, and the checklist is to pump blood in and out of my body. Right? But it's not worried about checking a box, it's worried about doing the job. And I think a lot of times the system stifles great teachers by putting too much emphasis on the boxes that they should be checking versus the souls that they should be teaching in their classroom. 
what you just said there is hearkening me back to that. Do you remember that year that I was up on the stage at Stellick and I told the whole staff that I didn't care about grades and testing? Which is an authentic moment. And granted, I didn't say it. But what you just said was what I was trying to say. That if I teach in my authenticity and I teach to the best of my abilities, I'm not worried about the results. That's what I wanted to say. Now, at that time, that's not what I said. Um, <laughs> and I tried to walk it back a little bit. But, I mean, that was... <laughs> And and maybe in the book, we have to talk about moments like that where maybe we go too far with the authenticity because that maybe takes it a step too far. Or, or uh. are there, or are there, and maybe it's not so much taking a step too far, but when I, I have a concern when authenticity becomes a checkbox. Well, it can't be a checkbox because what happens is your level of authenticity is totally different than mine. You know, I love the, the, the analogy in the Bible talking about um, Joshua who took over from Moses to lead the people into the promised land. With, and, with Caleb? Yes. And so... Joshua, the people were murmuring about Joshua and how he was doing things. Like Moses, for God, for for the people, God, for Moses, God opened up the Red Sea. So when he got to Joshua, they were like, you know, what is he going to do? You know, he's not going to do this. Joshua said, yeah, look, you, you knew Moses. I did too. But I'm not Moses. He was my mentor. I'm his successor, but I'm not him. He trusted me to lead you, but I'm not him. Does that mean I'm not going to do some of his practices? Probably not. I mean, I probably will. In, I'm going I'm to embrace his principles, but I'm going to embrace his principles and me being who I am. He had the Red Sea. Joshua had the Jordan. Two different places. <laughs> Same miracle occurred in two different ways for two different people. So I think that when you're dealing with authenticity becoming a checked box. It, yeah, I, I like what you said, that it can't be a checkbox. Because if you're trying, if you're, if you're like, I think if you're really trying to be authentic, like if that's a core value, I mean, because authenticity is a value. Like you have to value being authentic because you have to understand and know that there are going to be bumps and there are going to be bruises. But here's another reason it can't be checked. Can you tell me I'm not being my most authentic self? Could I tell you? Or is that like general? No, I'm asking you. Can you tell me if I'm not? Because you know me. You can sit yeah. there and say, oh, okay, well, I know that's not. Because you've seen the alternative. But not knowing anything about me, you can't come into it and say, you're not being authentic. 
but authenticity deals with an intrinsic value. Right. So you can't put that 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 quantitative matrix of a checked box on it because you can't describe what me being authentic looks like. But until you get to know me. Yeah. And even when you get to know me, there are some people who are very good actors. Mm-hmm. Very good actors. We were just watching the news the other day. A man here um, met a woman. They were dating. He had proposed to her three days later. He killed her in that same house with her three kids. Her fiance. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, but, but the strange thing with it, though, with what you're saying is, you know, we might not be able to tell you you're not being, but like, and maybe it's not that kids can't sense when you're not being authentic, but they can feel when you are. Well, we're, we're, we're all a collection of atoms that vibrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all are a connection of atoms that vibrate. And we're vibrating at our most authentic frequency. It's felt, not forced. You know what I'm saying? Authentic. Those vibrations are felt. So you really have to say, you know, because, you know, we often say kids know when you're not being real. Because they sense the forceness. They have an idea of what the fake is. They might not be able to spot the real, but they can spot the fake. Oh, man. Oh, man, yeah. Because they're, you know, they, they the rules used to say, you can't tell if it's a fake unless you know what the original looks like. I believe that kids... You know, they say young kids, you know, when they're in their sleep, that, that, that when they're laughing, they're still being entertained by angels. Um, and that sense of closeness with, with creation, you get to kind of learn that authentic kid when you're watching them grow and develop. And that kid is also learning their environment. And when they try certain things, they learn in this, I can't do that. In this, I can't do that. And they do that at record pace. We don't think they do, but they do. They'll learn real quick that I can act this way over here and I don't have to be that way over here because they're not going to hold me accountable. So when you start trying to hold them accountable, now why are you tripping? That's not who you are. So you get that resistance when you try to shift those paradigms because now I'm resisting what you are but if you're consistently doing the same thing over and over again that's what makes you the real thing Mm. consistent yeah that should have been in the (laughs) sea I saw you I saw you look there I think it, it might need to be something we talk about but consistency is key in anything. For me, we, you know, we were talking at, 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 um, at my school about when you're training dogs, that if you start doing something and you don't follow up with it, the dog will forget. Well, 
they won't forget. What they'll do is they'll test to see if you're going to stop them. You know, like my dogs know that when I'm in the kitchen, and it's funny, if I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking, they won't go in there. Like they'll stand there and look like, but they're not just gonna run up mm-hmm. through, you know, that's in their mind. Now they may do, if we're not cooking, they may do their little circle, run around the island thing. They just love to do that. Mm-hmm. But if we're in the kitchen cooking, they don't because when they were younger, now watch this. When they were younger, I trained my older dog of that. The younger dog learned by watching that one. I like it. And I think one thing to put a pin on, because you know we were just talking about consistency, maybe, maybe in the book, like some of those words that are up on the list that we didn't add, or or any word that we think is good, put it out in like a little side box and define ah, it. Great idea. Great idea. So I'm gonna put that in here. Uh, I'm just gonna call it. Thanks, everybody, again, for checking out this episode of our podcast, The ABCs of Inspired Teaching. Um, And please share it. Please let us know what you think of these concepts. Find us online. Find us on social. And we are hoping to get out this coming summer of 22 and see a lot more of you in person. So we'll let you know about what our schedule is going to be and where we're going to be after the new year. But We're thankful to be on this journey with you. Thanks for the support, and thanks for listening.